Okay, so since we're recording, thank you so much again for uh, joining me today. Um, please introduce yourself for our audience. <laughs> I am Meg Manzano. I am a stylist and a writer. That's it. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Arturo Pumuseno. I am a photographer uh, based here in the Philippines. Okay, so thank you so much, Sir Artu and Miss Meg. Um, I can't believe it's almost, I think, three years since we last saw each other from the documentary. Um, and if you're wondering, the reason why I started this um, Vanguard slash podcast is because of both of you guys. <laughs> um, when ever since the, uh, ever since we made this documentary, I saw the dynamic between Miss Meg and Sir Artu, like fashion and art, and then. Um, this episode is about um, a creative collection of passion and art. So it's like you, the epitome of you guys in one episode. So yeah, um, I would just like to ask first, how are you? Um, how are you in general, both of you, po, and um, what is the current state of photography and styling in your industry? <laughs> I love that you just point to me to tell me that it's my turn to talk. <laughs> Um, well, at the moment, like, we're okay. Uh, since we last saw you, we actually got married <laughs> before the pandemic and um, before Taal. So um, it's been a whirlwind of a year. But um, since then, also, I think um, COVID sort of hit close to home and um, some of our loved ones got it. And I think that's really um, influenced how we see shoots nowadays. I think um, as opposed to before that we sort of weigh in the disadvantages of, let's say, taking a particular shoot now, we're looking at the dangers of taking a shoot. And um, we've, been, we've been really picky. We've been... Um, very much of the work that does come in, it's always those that um, have safety protocols that you know we agree with, and it's always with people that we trust. So yeah, that's pretty much and I am pretty much how we've been, <laughs> and we've added one more dog <laughs> since you last saw. Yes. How about you, Mister Artu? He's also added um, one more dog. <laughs> uh, it's it's. I mean, exactly what Meg said. Like, um, you know, we we jumped into, we got married, we got, we we suffered a little bit from Taal, and then we're definitely also one of those that kind of got hit by COVID. So, um, I I have to say on the personal side, it's it's been quite an interesting beginning for our marriage <laughs> not not something that you will uh it's definitely a story that we're going to be able to tell our kids one day of how interesting our life started together i guess um for business wise or for work it, we we definitely took um a big break from work uh not for um any other reason than safety you know it's um, especially in the beginning, safety protocols were not standardized and everything, and it just wasn't worth the risk. So uh, nowadays, 
we've really tried to shift our work towards adjusting to what is considered safe and what is actually it's been quite interesting because we've been exploring a lot of very different aspects of the industry um i i totally agree with both of you um i think covid did not only affect like a specific industry i think it affected everything but i also think that it greatly affected the creative industry because i believe you know um there is a need of face to face and there's also um a need for an audience so um for both of you Paul, like how was the transition from face to face to everything digitalized from the shoots to the communication with um your clients and through work how was it Paul? um it, it's i have to say on my on our side or at least i'll speak for myself um i kind of super loved the transition um you know that of course the situation is not good you know we we are facing through a very very difficult we are facing a very difficult time but it's also forced the industry to make things work with the given situation meaning uh before covid there would be a pre-production meeting which was physical there would be other kinds of meetings that were physical and and all of that and then you'd lead up to the shoot and then you'd have all of these other unnecessary meetings that were physical now because of the pandemic it's forced clients to figure things out remotely and do things from the comfort of our home and this is something that like Meg and I have always uh, talked to about with our fellow co- colleagues in the industry that there's so many meetings that don't require physical meetings we could have done it all in in through zoom and everything so now it's great because now it's finally happening no choice so it's it's more of a convenience for on your end okay um Another thing I'd like to ask is how you both uh, keep your creative juices flowing. Like for me, uh, as as a student, as a also who's studying art, I had a really hard time like looking for inspiration, um, looking for reasons to create. So as people who are in the creative industry, um, how how do you uh, how do you keep your creative juices flowing? I think, um, well. At first, it did start off like that. I think at the start of the pandemic, um, there was, for one, this pressure to to need the to create, the you know to ensure that our like all of our creative muscles are constantly being flexed, or like there's this pressure to learn or to do something with our time and everything. And I think, um, like, at the start, it was good, and it prompted Artu to, you know, learn how to garden and <laughs> all about his cacti and everything. It prompted me to learn a little more about, um, you know, something more in the province of retail. But it's it's really different for everyone. Um, I don't want to... You know, I, I don't want to have to dictate nor to go along with that pressure that you have to stay creative because like right now, you're not just really working from home. Um, we're, we're trying to work in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, like I, I think um, to put it so casually that we're at home 
is is crazy. I I mean, and also just because there's so much going on. I, I mean, I think it was a, like a New York Times article that mentioned like after so many months in a pandemic, like the collective emotion we're all feeling right now is actually one of like languishing. <laughs> so for those who are able to put out their creative juices who are able to create or who are using this as an outlet uh, really just find like um, they're a good baker pala or, or they're a good um, they're really good at taking naps or, or they're really good at um, cooking or everything like that like that's incredible or like for those who have learned to paint or even to write because of the pandemic like that's incredible but um I do feel like um, we have to be not too hard on ourselves and allow ourselves this time to really be worried, to really have to just watch romantic comedies <laughs> or to really cuddle with our pets, you know? Um, but yeah. <laughs> How about you, what sir? You <laughs> um. I, I I think I'd just put it simply that you can't you can't force creativity. Um, it's hard to force inspiration, to force being creative. It's hard to force that upon yourself. Um, in my experience, every time I try to force myself to be creative, I end up not using anything that I do create, just because there is a negative attachment to it. To, to the project or to whatever it is I'm doing. So going back to your question about like how, how do I stay creative um, during the pandemic, I think it's more that I've allowed myself to not be creative and not feel bad about it so that when the time does come that I do feel creative, it's there. And then I attend to it. But um, I guess from past experience prior to the pandemic, pushing creativity or forcing it just never really works and like what meg said like it's a it, this pandemic has been kind of like the discovery of is has been for a lot of people the discovery of like new crafts new hobbies that also deal with creativity and uh, one way or another if example you're into painting but you're a photographer as well that kind of feeds off each other you know you you lose inspiration in being a painter at one point you start jumping into photography, you find some creativity there, then, you know, it just goes back and forth. So, yeah, I think this pandemic somehow, for those who are looking at it in an optimistic point of view, they've really found something that they could work on, which has been, you know, really, really nice to see. And I think um, it goes in line with, I remember my old um, writing professor mentioned that for if you're a writer, um, you should learn other expressions of art or other outlets just because um, you will always be hard on yourself. Even if you say you're only writing for fun or you know, you're not really taking it seriously, the fact is no matter what, um, the words on the paper, um, you'll be hard on yourself for it. You'll police every single thing. So it's easier for you to have an outlet wherein if you're a writer, you can learn how to paint. That way, even if you're bad at it, even if, you know, it doesn't come off so good or, or anything impressive, you were still able to create, like you're still able to have that outlet of it. And I guess it rings true for now, 
for those of us who are looking for other outlets, I mean, if you're a photographer, like what Artu said, and you do want to paint, um, you're able to have that space to really just create something without um, having to have like the set of standards you usually set on yourself. So it's a nice release, I think. <laughs> um, uh, what you mentioned earlier about uh, working from home, um, how do you set boundaries? Like, because I know that you know, um, answering emails or answering messages from um, Instagram or like other platforms, um, it can be pretty harsh. Because some message at three a.m. or you, even worse, um, like very late or very early in the morning. So how do you set boundaries? I, I think honestly and I think freelancers um, or creatives have had sort of a leg up when it comes to working you know from home because of the lockdown because of the pandemic because from the get-go um, I remember being warned that for as long as you don't have a corporate job for as long as let's say you're a creative or um, an entrepreneur and you have you know, you don't have a nine to five. What you trade in for that nine to five is actually a 24 seven. <laughs> so, you know, despite um, us not having to physically, like even from before the pandemic, even if I didn't have to report to a particular office or have to clock in, the fact is because I'm a stylist or because I have my own team, even when I'm not working, um, I have that worry or I'm thinking a little, I'm thinking about, you know, the present job. I'm thinking out about the people under me. I'm thinking about how to better be efficient. So I think it's been a little smoother than expected in terms of setting boundaries because we've never had any. <laughs> um, as, as freelancers, as creatives, um, even when you say you're not working, even when you're scrolling on Instagram, the fact of the matter is you are still scrolling on Instagram, but you also are subconscious, uh, subconsciously looking for pics. You also are subconsciously saving a particular Instagram post because you like how it's written or because you like how it's shot, you know? So that's still a moment of your time that's spent working for your creative career. So. We do. We we also have kind of taken the weekends off. That's something yeah. that we uh, we started noticing when before the COVID, you know, uh, before the pandemic, you know, work was work. So even if we had a shoot on a Sunday, as long as it was a shoot or something, we take it. But nowadays, with working from home, you know, we uh, we have all our our entertainment here at home. We have we have our bed right here. Like we have a sofa, so we, we can sleep. So there's just a lot of temptations to just not get to work. But I think um, doing work as kind of treating it like a nine to five from home and then taking the weekends off has been really good, like a form of a schedule because more than anything, working from home or living at home and doing work at home, it requires a lot of self-discipline. Uh, it's it's really dangerous to get into the trap of constantly working. The burnout is going to be really fast. But it's also the other, other way around. We we can just decide not to work at all and just 
Netflix the whole weekend, the whole <laughs> week, and not even notice the time that the time flew by. So it's really a lot of self discipline. Well, speaking of Netflix, what are your favorite shows so far to watch? Billion. Oh. <laughs> yeah, billions would be billions would be one of that. We 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 super fell in love with billions, which is not even finished with their seasons. Um, Meg Meg convinced me to start watching a few uh, K dramas, and I've actually quite enjoyed it. <laughs> My mom. Um, what's it lasting? We watched Meg. Um, Vincenzo. Yeah, we watched that, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, but even my mom watches the whole day of K drama. Um, okay, so enough about the pandemic. It's been getting you know overrated. You know, talking about how the shift was. Um, I'd like to know more about what you're doing right now. Um, I heard that um, Miss Meg launched a brand, um, a collaboration, uh, last I think October and January with Shape Shop. So would you like to tell us more about how? Um, you curated or the style that you incorporated in that collection? Oh, that was, that was October. Um, that, well, actually that was from, I think we started working on it June or July. And it came up only just because I, you know, um, I had so many ideas. I think it was a natural progression from styling in the sense that um, I always approached styling or wardrobe as building blocks. So like a shirt isn't always to just be paired with, you know, the usual jeans or the trousers or it, it wasn't always supposed to be there. No, like um, there was always this idea to reimagine a shirt. Um, now, oh, okay, there's a way for the skirt to actually be a shirt itself, you know, um, it was all, um, I think I was disciplined by my mentor in that sense that they don't have to be um, used just as they are because otherwise you wouldn't be styling. Like you just be a dresser, you know, if you just use them as they are. So your task is really to be creative and really to rethink um, how they're made, how you garment someone. So I think um, from there... When, um, when I decided that, you know, styling, because sometimes it is pretty much close contact and because of all the risks involved, um, there was this need for me to just, I had so many ideas of what I wanted to wear. <laughs> I had so many ideas of my uniform at home or what I felt like my mom would love to wear, my sisters would love to wear, my friends would love to wear. And I think being a stylist um, for years, um, they always come to me for advice on, you know, them feeling better about themselves or them feeling like they look good. So I really just wanted like this sort of love letter or this thing that I could put out and um, I actually named it, like each piece is actually named after um, a particular person, so like one, like a Mila dress named after my mom because I always loved the idea, and she was always in a dress growing up. But I loved the idea that she would um, go gardening in a dress, <laughs> you know, or like a, a pair of like um, or like a onesie or like a sports bra or something like that. So it was just not really me being creative, but me just trying to satisfy. <laughs> my my want to put something out and I was so lucky because 
Um, the Shape Shop is um, really by a good um, friend. It's by Angela Go and her mom, um, Patty Go, who's incredible. And, um, you know, they've been making pieces for years. And I'm not a full-fledged designer myself. I mean, that's why this collaboration, I felt like, was um, instrumental to me seeing like all the nitty gritty and the technical details that go behind the creation of each garment. Like you think like a shirt is so, um, or like a shirt or like a pair of trousers is so simple, but then you see the, the ins and outs of it. And oh my gosh, I have a newfound appreciation <laughs> for, for seamstresses and for pattern makers. Um, Artu actually helped me with the menswear um, in January. So he was my model and co-conspirator for that with Shape Shop because they launched that with Artifino um, earlier this year. <laughs> that's still that's still like 99% Meg. Like that 1% is me. <laughs> actually, when I saw the collection, I was like, this is what... This is like something they would wear when I first met them. When I first yeah. met both of you, like it's the nudes, the mm. army greens. Um, do you plan on uh, creating your own brand in the future? Well, Artu's been pushing me to. Um, we'll see. Um, right now, I'm perfectly happy living in the world of collaborations because I feel like I have so much to learn from the people that. I am blessed to work with. So it's definitely a dream, but um, definitely something I want to do right. So it's something that I feel like will take a few years <laughs> at the least. Um, thank you, Ms. Meg. Uh, for Sir Artu, um, I think you have a lot of workshops, a lot of um, um, sessions. Um, how 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 was it for you to conduct all of this during the pandemic? Uh, tiring. <laughs> no, um, uh, no, I I realized somewhere along the line uh, in the pandemic that um, I'm not. I wasn't willing to go out to do shoots. So that was the first thing. Uh, it was just. Um, we were just so scared uh, to do shoots. So um, I tried to, I kind of like had like a sit down with myself and I kind of looked, I kind of wrote down all my, all the things that I might be good at, things that I could be good at or the things that I might be lacking in. And the one thing that uh, was definitely common in everything is that I'm very, I'm, I'm a very talkative person, especially when it comes to photography. Like I can't stop talking. And, and that combined with my, um, I guess my my selfish want to make the standards of photography better in the whole country made me realize that I guess doing portfolio reviews, doing workshops was kind of like the space that I could, I guess, do well in. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting. Um, I'm I'm learning how to use my words properly. I'm learning how to pace myself properly. I'm learning how to say um less. Uh, even if I say um a lot, you know, uh, it's been quite fun. It's been quite interesting. And I think more than anything, it's been really great to connect with a lot of people in the industry, especially photographers, actually, because in this world, it's it's a friendly competition, but we don't have the luxury of actually meeting each other. 
So this, uh, this several, the several spaces that I've actually gotten myself into or created or collaborated with has been a really great opportunity to connect with so many different interesting photographers and actually learn a lot about their process. And rather than it being kind of like, I'll steal this, I'll steal that uh, protocol or design, it's sort of like, yeah, let's just kind of help each other build something unconsciously to make the practice better, which you know, it's been it's been so cool. Um, tell us more about um, your initiative, Tethered. With yes, Bob. so uh, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, to meet the director. Um, yeah, so so uh, there's this app called uh, Clubhouse. Um, it came out. I don't actually remember when Clubhouse came out, but Clubhouse is a, the first, one of the first audio-only social platforms, social apps uh, that came out. And it's been really interesting because um, it just completely destroys the whole need for video to have um, constantly fixing up and everything. It, I guess it kind of answers the question, uh, the, the need of a lot of photographers where we, we don't like being in front of the camera like being behind it so clubhouse kind of met that and when i first joined clubhouse i just really really enjoyed the experience that i wanted to bring something in that was for filipino photographers or filipino creatives because there weren't that many spaces yet so i felt like this was a good uh a good space to create that so i started this thing together uh, uh together with meg and together with um, R.G. Medes Thomas and Matt Lee, uh, photographers who um, Matt I actually met in a workshop in the pandemic, and R.G. has been like an old old friend of mine in the world of photography. We we started Clubhouse. We started with I don't know, um, with actually a surprising number of like twenty to thirty people who went to our first episode, uh, basically talking about everything related to photography. Then um, now we're gonna be on our fifth episode. And it's just basically inviting a bunch of different photographers. The community is getting really big now. Last week, we had uh, 70 people listening in, which was pretty amazing because I said 70 people live. Uh, that was really fun. And we had really, really ama- amazing creatives with us. Uh, and this week's going to be even more exciting. We have Paco Guerrero, Jason Kibilan, Ralph Mendoza, Gio Pandilio. It's just uh, the the cast that's getting in for episodes is getting better and better. It's uh, sort of like uh, Game of Thrones uh, level already. So pretty fun. I actually joined the pilot, but I was too shy to ask a question because <laughs> everyone there was Please. professional. So. I hope I hope that you take that uh, shyness away. I think a lot of people would love to hear your questions, particularly and your voice um if i could i would introduce you and put you on the spot but i'll just let you i'll let you raise your hand and come in so i hope i hope this week you can join us and you can um maybe raise questions a very interesting topic we're doing photographers and prints so it's a pretty fun topic actually I, i was about to ask during that time um you know with the oversaturation of photography um since everyone is at home and you know they have a mobile camera they have cameras of their own and they get to shoot themselves or other things in their house. Um, what makes um, photogra- your photography or a person's photography different or stand out? Because yeah, I think Instagram has been more like saturated. Everyone's posting. So in your opinion, as both the stylist and photographer, um, how do you, um, what are your criteria or what's that certain 
something um, that makes a person stand out? Mm, I think it's actually, I absolutely welcome the surge of photography and, you know, the surge of like people really just flexing and, um, you know, just like, I love seeing how they see the world. I love seeing how they shoot themselves. And I, I do, like, I feel like it's a necessary thing. Like, um, I may not, like, if it's a friend that I haven't seen, you know, obviously since the pandemic, it's still good. Like, I still feel connected to her because I know what she had for breakfast. She had tocino and bamos in one go. <laughs> you know, like, I do, I do love that. I, and it's really interesting because um, I'm seeing that there just, there's not really one correct way to, to shoot. Um, and you, you, you're seeing that... Um, I think it's, I don't know, for me, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy seeing what people have to do. And it gets me excited in the same manner that when other people make mood boards, because I've had to make mood boards for so long, when other people make mood boards, I'm so, like, I just want to keep looking at it. <laughs> what do you think, Arts? Yeah, um, I would say it's, kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Um, for creatives who are, I guess, I guess finding their um, look. their vision, their look in during the pandemic. The reason why I say it's a double-edged sword is the, the positive side of it is if you look anywhere on social media, any, any platform on social media, or even if you just Google it, there is probably someone writing or there's a video up already on how to achieve a certain photograph. There are hacks everywhere, household hacks, um, cheap DIY versions of uh, anything to do with light and everything. So that's the positive side. The negative side is the comparison. You are filled with a bunch of other photographers, a bunch of other creatives, a bunch of other artists, vis uh, visual artists on the internet who are also probably looking into the same hacks or looking into the same, you know, DIY stuff, no matter how infinite the content on the internet is. So the, dan the, the danger there is that these creatives um, copy other, um, other looks, other aesthetics, other styles out there, and they're not, even, they're not entirely sure if that's the style that represents them. So I would say, like on on my end, um, I would I guess I would say because of because of when I got into photography, I'm lucky that I didn't have that much access to the internet. Um, when I started getting into photography, Instagram didn't really exist; it was really just Facebook. So studying photography was more um, introspective. Uh, it was more of like studying what I liked, studying and even reading books, uh, really looking into photographers who spoke to me. It wasn't just like I had so many options right away. So that helped me really figure out my style eventually. So nowadays it's a little harder because you're always going to compare your work to something that's so loud already online. So uh, um, it's tough, but I guess for anyone who's there or whoever's listening to this podcast and is looking to find their style, 
um, no matter who you copy, the objective by the end of the day is to translate your culture of growing up. So if you feel like that your style has something to do with what you watched as a kid in terms of movies, how you grew up with your parents, what books you read, that's really the determiner of your style. So there you go. Um, actually, I, I think I can relate to both of your sentiments because Miss Meg really likes looking for inspiration and then Mr. Art, you think it's, um, it's a double-edged sword. I think there was this one time where I really wanted to deactivate Instagram because there was so many... There's so there was so much noise and sometimes um it's not healthy anymore for me to keep scrolling and uh yeah i think we really need to look for the balance on you know looking for inspiration and then um comparing like what mr artu said so um i if i may uh, you're talking to someone who's deactivated her instagram so many times (laughs) (laughs) really and over the course of, uh, what do you call this? Like, over the course of the pandemic, um, I've definitely felt the need to have my own space. And also just because I think the start of the pandemic, um, a lot of people, you know, were organizing inumans. Um, they were, there was like one Zoom session after another to meet each other and to be connected. And I think after a while, there is this sense of like Zoom fatigue and it's different, you know, the kind of social interaction that you have to prepare yourself for when there is um, a laptop involved is different than if you had just had that person come over the house and you wouldn't have to mind them the entire time. You wouldn't have to be glued to the screen the entire time. Like you could be, you know, you could be preparing your coffee and they'd be sitting in the living room and that would still count as interaction. This time it's like, um, you guys are in front of it. There's no dead air as much as possible. So, like that gets tiring. And even on Instagram, like, um, like I said, I as much as I did welcome, as much as I do welcome seeing everyone create and everything, um, I think it hits differently when you're going through something. So I think um, for the same manner that like. Um, like when I said that, um, you know, like we had, um, like we had our own bout of like, um, like a struggle and everything. And I think when you're in a bad place and then you scroll on Instagram and you find so many people in like, um, whether it's their rant or (laughs) something very small that they're talking about, like having the need to do this or that. And then I think it hits you worse because um you know like you're already feeling bad and you know that they won't be able to relate and at the same time there comes a time when instagram becomes this social media like this avenue to broadcast and you don't necessarily feel the need to like when i post sometimes i think about like what am i posting it for or who's it for like why do i need to announce that this is something that i'm doing you know like you get existential, <laughs> but I think it's um, whenever you feel that fatigue, honestly, whenever you feel like you're um, becoming the monster who compares, I think it's really important to just take yourself out of that space and learn to feel good about yourself again, but on your own terms and not on 
anyone else's um, social currency. Because I, I super hate, um, I super hated how other people would just, you know, they'd post like this incredible photograph. But then, because it's not a selfie, it doesn't garner as many likes. And suddenly, like, you're like questioning your validity as, let's see, a photographer or a painter. And like, you're wondering, like, why isn't it like, you know? So I, I, I'd really hate for that to be the basis of one's art and one's credibility. So they activate if you must. It's, it's a cleanse. In the same manner that you have to do detox every now and then for your body, like have that for your emotional and mental health. Oh, Miss Meg, I'm actually quite curious. Um, you mentioned about feeling good about your, yourself. Do you, uh, do you dress up at home for, for no reason, just to feel good? Or do you, uh, you like pick out outfits, which you will never really wear until like a few weeks or so? And if so, I, um, oh, sorry. Keep no, going. go ahead, go ahead. Um, how do you think, you know, the pandemic changed the way you dress as a stylist? Mm, well, now I'm definitely more utilitarian than, I mean, I already was. But I think now I'm looking at um, aesthetic material <laughs> or um, pieces just because I know that, okay, this isn't so bulky. So I have, if I have to disinfect myself after a long day, I can just take it off and I could run to the shower, you know? Like, um, Artu and I are very particular about our... Um, when we do go out, it's always for something out of necessity. And we're all very particular about what do we wear. Like, um, before we enter the car, <laughs> we put our clothes in a... We put our clothes in, like, um, a plastic bag or a garbage bag. And then we undress in front of the car. <laughs> but, you know, like, Artu's wearing, like, super short shorts under, like, his jogging pants. I'm wearing, like, leggings under um, my my shorts, actually. So, it's it's definitely changed it. I'm, I'm more on the go now when I am going out, and I'm more um, particular about things that I won't have to necessarily disinfect. So in terms of my bags, they have not left my house. <laughs> They've just been gathering dust. But in terms of like um, dressing up at home, I do that a lot. Um, um, part in part because when I moved to you know to this house with R two, like actually seventy percent of my clothes are still at my parents' house. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't begun to really tackle that, and that's not something I want to, to figure out. But it's it's been something my mom has brought up before, even the pandemic. That you know, when you're having a very bad day, or when you feel like it's going to be a long day, um, I wear a dress. You know, I if I know I'm going to be stressed at the end of the day, or like if if it's just a day full of errands, um, pre-pandemic. I would wear a dress just because at least I can float from one um, errand to another. And similar now, um, there are dresses for um, wearing outside that have been converted to pajamas. <laughs> and the, there are pajamas that are so moisture wicking that have been converted to going out. <laughs> but I think definitely, you know, if you need the feel good about yourself, if you need to put on makeup 
not just for a Zoom meeting, but just so um, you have to double check that your makeup isn't expired. (laughs) (laughs) Then by all means, you know, do so. Because at the end of the day, it's it's really an out it's really like an outward reflection of how you see yourself. So. Thank you, Miss Meg. Um, Sir Art, I would just like to ask, okay, lang po ba kayo dyan? Kasi you're wearing a jacket and it's so hot. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> oh, is it cold there? We uh, we kind of had to prioritize um turning the AC on both for work and. For for our dogs. More for our dogs. <laughs> More though. for our dogs. Uh, like we we work we work tirelessly day and night so that our dogs should have have a happy life. And that's <laughs> AC included. <laughs> um, um, basically this wraps up our whole podcast episode. Thank you again for joining me. But before we end, um, in one word, in one word, describe your state of creativity. Moody. How about you, CR2? <laughs> He's going to say creative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what, what in one words? Uh, state what? State of state, creative. State of creativity. Like, describe your state of creativity. Hungry. <laughs> Thank you again. Always hungry. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much, Ganta. Thank you.